1: and let's get into it. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer, sports talk, and a whole lot more. Show 279 on this 20th day of February. Family day in Canada, present Day, state United States. David, you're down in the great state of Montana. Still, usually you come back on a Monday night, but you stay down an extra day. How's things down in Montana?
0: Montana is great. It's always good to get down to the treasure state with my family. Um, spent two good days on the ski hill. I'm a these old legs they know that they've been doing something a little bit more than than uh than what they normally do. put it that way my uh I had a good steam shower, got relaxed, got calmed down i I got my good American brew right beside me and and I'm ready to 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 do it up. I think this is our first international edition.
1: I think it very well might be. We've had some friends in the show on, but just me and you international uh, it's, it's the first time for sure. um Dave, what's worse? Uh, usually we should s- save these for the end, but I got, uh, what is worse, uh, calling somebody by their, f- by their first name wrong for two to three years or not telling that person that you were saying their name wrong for two to three years, because I have a neighbor here and he's a good guy and I don't, we don't see each other very often, but every once in a while, getting the mail or whatever you, uh, Hey, how's it going? And then, uh, it was Saturday or Friday. I don't know what, doesn't matter what day it was anyways. Um I said, hey, and I, what I thought was his name, and it wasn't, and he corrected me. And I kind of felt like an asshole, so I'll probably never talk to this guy again in my life because I felt so, so stupid. But what's should he have been correcting me two years ago or, or doing it, or just he finally had enough?
0: Well, it depends how often you've been, how close you were calling him by the wrong name. And so I'm going to preface this conversation with the fact that I am terrible with, with names. I am so bad with names. I get them wrong all the time. We had a dinner party. We were invited. And, uh, the one fella I'm, I'm going to guess his name was either Carlos or Marcos. I forget. And he, he was uh, of Mexican birth and he was a really nice guy he had great stories. We, I chatted with him most of the night and then it was time to go. I said, Oh yeah. goodbye, everybody. It's great to meet you. Uh, uh, look Carlos. Forward to see you. Looking forward to seeing you again, Carlos. And he goes, you too. And then we left and Kaylee says, his name is Marcos. I go, well, then why did he say something? But, you know, that's also on me. My neighbor across the street came to the door and we had, uh, he, his name's Maury. He came to the door, hey, Murray. Like, I was like, oh, Jesus, I just called you Murray." So I'm bad for that. So I'm going to give the person calling someone a bad, uh, the wrong name, a huge pass because that guy's usually me and i don't do it out of disrespect i do it because that part of my brain can't remember her first name
1: but isn't it isn't it on that guy to correct you early in the uh, in the relationship per se because if you if you do it two to three years later that's in your head that's what that name that guy's name is always going to be like i i kept calling him greg and his name's not greg and he goes my name's not greg it's well, I'm not gonna say his name on the air because I think he listens to our show. But uh, I was like, geez, or you used to listen to our show, anyways. But like, <laughs> it, like, should, <laughs> like shouldn't like shouldn't he correct it early and often? Because being wrong for so long, that's what's going to be in my head no matter what it's like it's like uh, song lyrics. When you get it, bad song lyrics, that lyric is a lyric forever and ever.
0: It, it's it's tough, and you know, uh, sometimes you correct someone if you anticipate seeing them again and again in the future. So yes, that denotes that 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 requires a, co- a correction. But if it's someone like I don't know if I'm ever going to see that dude again. So what the fuck do I care? Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. It was it but was awkward. I was just like, and, Jesus. and
0: maybe and he, he didn't. Maybe he didn't realize you were calling him by the wrong name because you were just saying it to yourself as you waved from twenty feet away or something.
1: Oh, there's no way he couldn't. Because I'm I'm always hey. Greg and whatever, la la la, you know, man of the people like I am. And it was just like, oh, fuck. So I think that's more on him to not be correcting me early because it's just like, what do you, I don't know, what the fuck, how would I know?
0: Well, now Could, you do, because he told me. So, I mean, yeah. T- so now going forward, you know the answer. And, and you know, like I say, it does
1: how ha- I think you're, I'm friend- going to keep calling him Greg because I think it's funny now.
0: Yeah, the 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 friendliness trumps the wrongness, I believe.
1: Yeah, like I wasn't, I wasn't meaning any harm. Yeah. I wasn't mean disrespectful. Like I'll, I'll keep calling him Greg and call it. It'd be funny, I think. Now, and if he gets upset with that, well, I guess relationship over.
0: Like if you lived in a neighborhood that wasn't a HOA type style, and he was the one not. They, Greg, you ever gonna uh, spray these fucking dandelions on your thing? Yeah. Then then that that that'd be kind of dickish. But like you say now, it's it maybe it's it's kind of a fun and it might bond you guys closer. Because
1: he to might it. call me Brad and I'll say hey, Greg, and then call it good and whatever. It might be <laughs> one of those things. I don't know. <laughs> but no, now team, you're we, not
0: gonna forget either.
1: There's people who listen to our show probably think when he's Brad Linsky anyways. But anyways, uh Dave, over the weekend, I think it was on Sunday just yesterday. Well, spring training's getting going, so all the, the hoo ha's going on and uh the Baltimore Orioles had their their state that you need to address, and how they they uh, they had a good season last year, eighty three and seventy nine. I think they were in it right to like the second or third last day of the season last year, where they had a chance to uh, sneak into a playoff spot, and the uh, it's, it's two wild card games, the whole bit, and they were right there, right to the bitter end. They don't spend any money, and everybody knows that, and the the place is near empty, but they had a good run last year. Uh, on Sunday, the uh, CEO, the 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 son, the, the uh, owner. Peter Angelos his son John I think his name is he made a comment that the uh they're not going to increase their payroll this year because the, the Baltimore Orioles overachieved and uh yeah overachieved and uh, and overperformed last year um if you're an Orioles fan, are you a little bit pissed with that situation? Because yeah, if you overachieve, it means you're only a couple spots away, a couple bucks here and there to maybe get in that playoff spot. Dave, does baseball have a major problem now with teams not not so much spending, but with underspending? It's been for a while now, but this underspending thing, it's it's kind of gross because these guys are making hundred million bucks no matter what, right off the bat. They're getting a paycheck right away for a hundred million bucks for TV deals and MLB.com and the whole bit. And for the Orioles to say, yeah, we're, we're good. We're not doing it.
0: Well, that doesn't surprise me one, one millisecond. Um, It was a bit ago. I had sent it to uh Aaron, our friend from brutally honest is an Orioles fan. And I had read this article about the Angelo sun. That's controlling the, the, the effective CEO of the organization. He doesn't even fucking live there. He just uses it, this franchise to underwrite loans to do whatever his business and his wife. I think they, they're in South Carolina or something. It's it's I can't recall exactly right now. But he don't give two shit about this ball team. All this ball team is, is is something for him to underwrite loans to do his other businesses. So he could care less and he, and he's pretty much on record. And so this can't be a surprise to Oriole fan, which really kind of sucks because obviously that GM has been doing something right because they did make a run last year in the toughest division in baseball, and and they have a lot of young talent. And you know what young talent needs is they need a couple vets there to to show them the way. Yeah, and always a couple arms. You you never have too much too much pitching. It's like uh, ice at a party, right? You can never have too much too much pitching and if you're not going to spend money on on the that free agent pitching you're not going to stand a chance and it's too bad for the fan base but they can't be surprised um Peter Angelos himself I don't know I might be speaking out of turn that he has a bit of dementia or something like that and he's pretty much given up this the the running of the team the day to day operations to this one son but my sense is it's going to be when Peter Angelos passes or is incapacitated mentally, it's going to be a courtroom fight amongst the siblings, and they're going to be forced to sell. And hopefully, for oil fan, that that means that there's going to be a fan of the team that buys it.
1: Well, I think, and I think that that has to happen. I think Major League Baseball has to step in with these situations when when owners and CEOs or chairman of the board or whoever come out and they say these kind of things that yeah we're, we're not gonna do anything this year we're not gonna win anyway so what w- why bother winning's tough we say it on every show that winning's hard no matter what sport you're in but when when major league baseball teams are flat out spending less on their franchise for the season than then the Mets or the Yankees or the, the Dodgers or whoever are giving one player, which is egregious at times, but when they're when, when one player is making just about as much or more than your entire franchise, there's something wrong, and especially, like I said, when they're getting $100 million checks right off the get-go, right now, here you go, and they're not spending that. We're not even talking revenue sharing yet. When they're not spending that, I think maybe Baseball has to step in and do something about that.
0: It seems to me they should put targets out there. I, I know that in the NHL you have a salary floor as well as as a salary cap, and that's where you get all those shenanigans about uh, players trading uh, teams, taking on contracts of teams on
1: long-term, long-term teams IR,
0: just so you can use it for your salary. And who the hell? It's funny how a team like uh, Tampa Bay will put Kucherov on the long-term for for cap relief and then you got a team like the Coyotes that will take Chris Pronger's deal because then they can add four million to the salary that they don't have to pay. Out. They're
1: still paying him, I believe, Pronger.
0: I, I it like I think it's, it's
1: like this year or next year, then it's done. Like it's it's crazy. Some of these deals, like, I mean, the, the way these lawyers and accountants can figure out this cap situation, make it all work—it's it's, it's absolutely insane how they they uh, can. Sit, I mean, it's their job, I guess, but
0: to uh, find the loopholes to get you to the salary floor, And, you know, what, and that and that's that. That sticks in my craw. Like, you know, if you want to be a team like Pittsburgh or the Orioles or uh, like the um, who else, like the Marlins struggle for attendance. If you want to be a team that struggles for attendance. Before you can participate in revenue sharing, like there should be some there, there should be some benchmarks. You have to you have to a, have a salary floor. B, there should be attendance. Um, criteria that have to be met right like if you're if you're going to be fine like the the a's and the pirates playing to empty barns for the app from the all-star game on they got nobody there and they're not giving them a reason to be there like if you're not going to give the fans a reason to come and get out of their ass and get to the park then then maybe you don't deserve the money that you think you're deserved because you're a quote-unquote small market franchise do yeah. your job
1: 'Cause all that revenue sharing, the money that they that they do get from, from the, the 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 heavyweights of baseball and there's some heavyweights, there's no doubt about that. But there's heavyweights to every sport and they find a way like Houston's um well, you look at San Diego. They're they're in the twenty sixth or twenty seventh uh, TV market in baseball, and I still haven't researched that a whole yet to to see where they're getting all their money from. Someone has some some really deep pockets, but they're spending like drunken sailors, right? And and they're going out and making making a goal of it, and and they they have a shot at maybe winning a championship. And now Petco Park is full night in night out. They're selling T-shirts, selling jerseys, and everything else, uh, and and they're running it like a business, spend money, make money kind of deal. And you see these the, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the, the uh The once proud Baltimore Orioles, who you that that Camden Yards used to be packed, and now you watch a game on a Tuesday night in April, May, even in, in, into into August, and there's no one there, and you can't blame the fan base, but um, it, it's maybe these guys shouldn't be allowed to have a franchise anymore if they're just running it as a uh, a business as and, and not a sport.
0: Yeah, but you know when you're, it's it's your money, and if they're obviously not hemorrhaging money, or they would sell it, or they would do something else. But but obviously the money, the returns on on the investment that you like in Angelo's uh, uh, situation is the investment of his father thirty years ago. That's that's the part that he he doesn't have any connection to the team. He can give two shits. And so I don't know how you make an owner care about the success of his franchise on the field, regardless of the sport. Um, obviously, it's not an equal playing field. The the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros are, and the Dodgers are always going to be have deeper pot- pockets. But then you have like uh, Kansas City. They 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 saw their shot. They took it, and they got their World Series. They went to a World Series and they got a ring out of it. And that fan base is going to remember that for a long time, and that's all you need as a as a small market team. I think you just got to give that team, sorry, the fan base, a reason to care and know that ownership is going to take their shot when when it comes. And and you know the Blue Jays are obviously a little bit uh, deeper pockets than the the Royals, but they're they're kind of taking their shot now as well. They're there. They they got a window. And they know this window is not going to last long because they're not going to be, they're not going to keep all that young, those young studs. But they got, they be signed Bichette for two more years on arbitration or whatever two or three, it was. yeah. Yeah, so like they, they know they can't finagle the books much longer with all these big deals coming down the, down the pipe.
1: You know, and it's not like this is a new thing with with the team's quasi-tanking and not putting a a quality product on the field because tanking in baseball is a whole, you you can't really do it because you don't really have a, uh, the draft is different, the amateur baseball is different, and and you get a player and he's still three or four years away. Guys don't come out of high school very often or out of college ended up playing in the big leagues year one or year two. And so, so tanking's not really a thing, but it's funny how major league baseball um, they get a couple of owners spending a little bit more and the alarm set on the other end saying, well, we got to do something about this because you, you get these guys who come and spend this kind of money and not, and no one else has a chance. Well, I think the, the the bigger problem is on the other end, you have owners who could spend money and they just don't. They just, they just don't. And I think that's, I think that is worse for baseball than having the Steve cones of the world, um, spending a lot, a lot of money because he has the funds to do so every one of the, and I'm not saying like Jim, fan of the van. He says that the Steinbrenner should spend, spend, spend every year and have the biggest payroll. And I don't think that's right either. But I also believe that there has to be some kind of a balance somewhere and Maybe it's time to get away from that soft cap. Where you get in the luxury tax and the whole bit, and have a, have a floor and a ceiling. But the floor can't be 50 million. The floor cannot be 50 million when these guys are, like I said, they're making 100 million right off the bat. When it's like that, that that should be the floor, and everything you make after that, that's that's your money. I, 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 there has to there has to be some kind of a a, uh, a compromise in here that the that the owners have to actually show the books to the players and say, here's what it is.
0: No, I completely agree with that salary floor being a hundred million dollars because this is free money we're giving you this money and, and, and like in, and that's, a, that, an that's
1: without that's without the revenue sharing like that's without the Yankees and the, and the Red Sox and the Dodgers going here like-
0: yeah that's just the media deals divvied up by 32 and here you go here's your share do with what you want put it in your pocket if you want and that's what a lot of these owners want. And and that's that's garbage, right? You know, like it's here's here's money to operate your franchise, not to deep not not to not to pad your wallets. You know, and 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 as you were saying that about the different teams, I, I think about the Chicago Cubs who do have the money, who do have the fan base. And they like, no, we got our one. Thank you, Theo Epstein, for your service. Um, but we're gonna choose not to re-up these. And he goes, Well, I'm out of here, and they go, fine. We gotta sell out every friggin' day. And we get our hundred million, and we're doing just fine without putting a winner on the field. In fact, we're better than fine because we're going to be saving thirty to forty million dollars a year.
1: And the yeah. thing that, that pissed pisses me off about that is because they're successful, and because they have they they won that World Series, and there there's the romanticism still that sits around the Cubs and baseball, and the lovable losers finally got one. More people are going, so they've actually raised ticket prices. Oh yeah, Tick, tickets are more expensive to go to a Cubs game now than they were. Um, when they were when they, they were losing every year.
0: And and by everybody's own admission, it's for a lesser product on the field. Yeah. We're gonna give you a watered down product and you're gonna pay more to see it because now you're you're in Wrigley Stadium and you're cheering for the Cubs. And this is where it happened. And you know, dreams do come true. And we're gonna sell you the it's like like it's like every game at, at, at Wrigley Field is like a little piece of Infield jar of infield dirt that you can buy your your father in law for birthday for, or Christmas, right? Yeah, it's it's the dream. Like, a, oh, we were there and it's cool, and I get it. It is, it is cool. Oh, I and went the year after real. they won.
1: I did. I like. I mean, me and the buddy, we went down the year after they won the World Series. It was great, and Wrig- Wrigleyville is fantastic. But that's but that's now eight years ago. Right and like okay now okay let's start doing something here. If I was a Cubs fan, but you still have that romanticism of winning one, right? And could, but winning winning cures a lot of things. But man, oh man, you get these teams who don't win year after year and just collect money. Like these fan bases, I I I don't understand how you could be a fan and not just watch the game and just be a fan of the game. I know you should cheer for a team and everything else. If you're if you're if you're a fan of a team, you're a fan of a team. You can't you can't just give up on it, but. I don't think it would be hard to give up on a team like the Baltimore Orioles, like our friend Aaron there. Um, just say "fuck this," like actually "fuck this."
0: Yeah, being a fan of the Orioles is like being a fan of the Commodores. It's like you know, you got an asshole owner who doesn't care. He's just there to line his pockets, and you know, it, I guess it's the generation of of owners that. Don't care. It is a business investment in the NFL. It's a, it's a total pissing contest. Who cares about, like, I don't know how much the different owners care, but it's, there's no, I won't say there isn't any, it, the, the type of owner, like you don't back in the day, you just had the owners, right. But now you have a type of owner. Like, did he come into this? Does he care? And what does he care about? And and you can tell the different franchises. Um the stable ownership franchises, the Broncos before Pat Boland died. We're gonna find out what the Walmart money can do for them, for us. Um the 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 Steelers, like the Rooney, I think that's his name that owners of oh yeah. yeah. Like it, you just have good stable ownership forever. And you know, and Jerry Jones, who cares more about winning than anybody else, but he can't keep his fucking mitts off the day to day. Yeah, and,
1: and he's he's the opposite side of the spectrum. Like he just can't stand yeah. out of his own way. And maybe that was a problem with the Yankees for a long time with Steinbrenner until the, all that that went on. Dave, is the problem something as simple as having a cap and a floor, and just and it it and it sounds so simple because if it was that simple, why wouldn't they do it? But is that in baseball is that the simple solution have a hundred million dollar cap or a floor and then a 200 million dollar cap and then that's it is it that simple
0: i i wish to say it was but there never is simple solutions i think that would be a start that at absolute minimum all the major league owners have to spend a hundred million dollars given to them on opening day on salary and then if you're a businessman run your business you can still sign your regional contracts. You get more if you own, like, whatever your uh, your contract is with your stadium. Most of these people own their own stadiums. That's your job. You get the more assets you get in the seats in town, the more money you make. And then they might start caring about putting a decent product on the field because you got more money to do it. And then we'll see what the, if there's enough talent to go around, right? But then now there's one or two players that are going to stay in Pittsburgh with the Brewers. With the with the Diamondbacks, as opposed to going to St. Louis, Boston, and uh, and the Yankees.
1: Yeah, I I think it's I think it's actually that easy. Just do something that that simple, and because the the competitive imbalance in like the have and have nots, and and I, and I don't think the haves is the problem. I think the have nots is is more of a problem in baseball because you and it takes money out of players' pockets to an extent because they only have x amount of years to play. Right, eventually they run out of games. And then no, I
0: don't think it's going to take money out of pockets because now it's a, as opposed to making you know like eighteen to twenty um, with the Yankees, you're now making eighteen twenty with the team. You no, know, what I'm saying is like to...
1: Be- because how it is now, it's taking money out of players' pockets because there's, there's only so many jobs, right? Yeah. And So if, if every if every team had to had to spend more, more players would make money, I and mean, I'm not like they 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 do most do quite well. But no, yeah, no, I
0: get your point. So but, you're but there are like,
1: some who who have two to three years or, or one year or nothing, and then that's it. And it's 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 crazy how 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 it just nobody says anything and everybody goes, Well, it's just a game. Well, it's a game out of business, right?
0: Yeah. So now you got like five teams that are going for that $18 million player. And if it's the Yankees or Red Sox that really want them, and oh god, if you're hoping to get them for 18 mil, I guess we're gonna have to pay him 19 and a half kind of thing
1: yeah it, it, i think it, it can only help the sport if, if every owner had to spend money i i, I just I, the way these guys just make money hand over fist and, and 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 don't care like don't care if they win or lose like oh yeah
0: or attendance bonuses or something like that you know here we're not going to give you 100 million we're going to give you 85 at the start of the year right and then um if you reach this attendance threshold then you get another five if you make this then you get your full hundred. Like this full hundred is there for you. But if you if you can if you can't compete, and uh, show us you're trying like and then maybe there's an injury quotient or whatever. Figure it out. That, that that all that long division stuff can someone else can do that kind of math. But show like it's not even showing us major league baseball you're trying. Show your fan base. You're show trying. your fan show base. You, yeah, because at the end of the day, those are the people that are paying and if you're going to if you're going to rely on the money from other markets as, as for that hundred million and then for for revenue sharing and it's, you're relying on on other people that you like it's a bit of a corporate welfare thing where you have this gift that uh you have in your community what are you going to do right what are you going to do to earn the fans respect what are you going to do to give them a reason to come and, and, and show their civic pride cheering for your baseball team because Baltimore clearly has it. The Ravens come out in droves, like they they can draw like
1: nothing. They got the, the Orioles had a great fan base. They're they're not that far removed from having a playoff team, and it, like it's and how it's just gone completely sideways. And they, like hate to keep picking on the Orioles, but it's but it's, it's it's insane. And like and it, it, it's the only team that doesn't draw in the playoffs, and they kind of do a little bit, and they make it every fucking year somehow. Is, is the Tampa Rays? Uh, but like when you get a play a playoff date, a, a home date no matter what, that building is full. Like, it's it's except for the Atlanta Braves because they have to play on a Tuesday afternoon, which is a whole other story for another day, how baseball kind of finds themselves kicking, how they find a way to trip over their own feet. But uh, when those teams make the playoffs, those buildings are full like and we're not talking 20,000 we're talking 40,000 right and and why owners don't see that extra revenue cuz it's just bonus money and, and and to give it a shot and if your team has a shot down the down 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 the home stretch you're going to make more money i i don't i it can't be that simple that that we're seeing it here in the 1420 podcast and and these these multi-billionaire owners don't see that that yeah. more people make you make more money
0: I I couldn't imagine the money that exchanges hands on a on a sold out wild, like hosting a wild card game, because like your your merchandise revenue is higher. Everybody, the place is jammed. People are gonna get there earlier. They're gonna have another beer. They're gonna stay for a beer at the end. But like it, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of money. And you know, hundred million dollars. I I bet you that has to be like a you know a, a two million dollar gate. And then an extra $3 million Easily. in, in, uh, in uh, revenue in, in like in parking, you know, we can All add, of anything, could, whatever. Could you imagine if everybody in that barn got a seat geek and used our promo code, 20 bucks at 35,000. Like that's, I can't do the math, but that's, it starts with a 70 and I don't know how
1: many zeros are on yeah, it. We, we, the uh, 1420 20 podcast would be very happy about that. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, no, it, it's it, like how they don't, like it's hard to make the playoffs and these teams that don't like, like, there's right now, we'll get off this right, right away here, but right now, there's 20, there's 10 teams that aren't making the playoffs. And, and spring training started today, you know, and, and I get it, but, and I, so, so, even why I spend the money? I, I get that end of it, but if you're not even, if you're not even giving your fans any hope on day one and you expect them to, to show up, fuck off.
0: Especially after Baltimore took a huge
1: step, yeah.
0: Because I remember on our baseball uh, MLB preview show, like, well, you know, as bad as the a- as tough as it is to play in the AL East, at least you get to play Baltimore twelve times a year. But Baltimore wasn't Baltimore last year. They were, they were a That's top a out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did really well, and yeah. and so now to take that huge step forward and have the owner come by and and lift his leg on that hydrant.
1: Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not Like opening days, a big thing. I'd be like, no, I'm out. I'll watch from a bar across the street and have a good time. That's, Sorry, that's
0: Aaron, a- picking on your teams a lot lately, but this one, this one's not personal. This one's on your owner.
1: There you go. 1420 sports bar podcast for beer sports talk and a whole lot more brought to you by manscaped and manscaped.com. Use promo code one four two zero skate at manscaped.com today. And see, uh, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com today for all of your personal grooming needs at manscaped.com today. The Flailing Tender Hockey Podcast is happy to have partnered up with Barn Burner Hockey. Barn Burner Hockey is a hockey lifestyle brand that is motivated by making all-natural, chemical-free hockey products for players of all ages and skill levels. Get yourself the Filthy Mist Deodorizing Equipment Spray, the Dirty Dangles 2-in-1 Shampoo and Body Wash. They've also got two different types of stick wax, hockey accessories, and apparel that will not only make you look good, but feel great on and off the ice. So go to barnburnerhockey.ca and use promo code 1420 Barn and receive 10% off your purchase. That's 1420 Barn at checkout at BarnburnerHockey.ca. Barnburner Hockey is so confident that you will love their all-natural products. They offer a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. Barn Burner Hockey and the Flailing Tender Hockey Podcast created for players by players. Sports uh, This segment brought to you by rexmd.com. Go to uh, rexmd.com slash belly up and save yourself 90% and pay as low as $2 per dosage uh, for erectile dysfunction medication at rexmd.com slash belly up or use code belly up at checkout. Dave, the on uh, over the weekend. The NBA All Star Game was on. I know you probably didn't give it two uh, two seconds of viewing time. I watched a little little bit of it. I watched a little bit of hockey over the weekend. I watched some baseball over the weekend, and football's done. Um, I am in the bit. We talked about it a little bit after the Super Bowl how sports needs a little bit of a reset and how it's become, uh, especially the Super Bowl, how it's become very corporate. But sports in general, it's not and things are always supposed to get better as we get older and there there's inventions and the, 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 the games grow and things get better over the years. I personally don't know if any of the major four sports um, are better. I, I don't know if the, it, yes, the athletes are better hundred percent. There's no, there, there's no getting around that they're faster. Uh, I wouldn't say they're stronger, but they're, 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 uh, they're better. They're, they're better conditioned and the like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's that. It's but I don't think that sport in general is a whole bunch better than it was 30 years ago.
0: Um, I think we're losing our romanticism about it um, because it's the business side of every sport is so front and center and you can't help yourself. And, and you know, that is even though we've the fact that uh, players have no loyalty anymore. That's, we were raised when the owners had them by the nuts, and and they were they were indentured servants servants to their their franchises, and the players didn't know any better. But now they do, and 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 that's part of it. And and we're the first kind of generation to to be dealing with that with the the full eyes wide open kind of thing of of the business side of sports. I'm gonna tell you what happened to me on Saturday. I happened to come across the stadium series. Uh, Washington Capitals were in Carolina playing in. That Dave, was
1: awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. I am online, kind of my job now, to, to, to be online all day, every day. And I have a hockey, the hockey thing and la, out da da, da da and I talk to people all the time. I did not know until two o'clock on Saturday afternoon that there was an outdoor NHL game. Not a clue.
0: Yeah. So, and and I did know about it I like same thing I found out on on Wednesday like I uh, just going through the my Twitter feed and then I like you you get the promoted things and it was in the, either from the NHL or something but I I was like oh shit yeah I'll be I'll be in Montana with nothing to do on Saturday afternoon and so that's what it is started at six o'clock and I put it on and as we had supper as a family I watched it it was I said, we'll just keep this on as uh, and then when we want to do something else, but then we all watched it. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. And, and, you know, I'm a bit of the, I have a soft spot for the Carolina uh, hurricane franchise because a, I didn't think that franchise would ever be successful. Yeah, right. like, even after winning their Stanley cup, I thought that was more of a, a blind squirrel finding a nut than anything. And it was when I was still married to the Oilers. So that made be a little bit bitter. But they got a fan base. That football—I sp- think they were playing in uh, South Carolina's football stadium. Sixty grand, packed house. They were having a time. They get good crowds. It.
1: They it. get great oh. crowds in Raleigh. Huge crowds. Like they're sold I, out. They're nineteen thousand a night.
0: I was, I was, you know, and I felt good for the franchise. And also, I'm a fan of Rod Brindamore. And so, oh, yeah. it, you know, it was. As you say, sports in a reset, and and the romanticism of sport that that kind of brought it back to me because that was that was the most hockey I've watched like sitting down in one session all year. Like I'll watch a period here or there, but that one I I tuned in. I think it was yeah, just at the end of the first period. They had bands playing between in the first and second in mission. Not like a a 45-minute show like Rihanna, right? Like you got 20 minutes, play your three songs while we'll the Zamboni runs around and we'll do that. And and I didn't care for the bands, but the fans were having it, having a the time. They were they were loving it. And they were everybody had smiles on their face. It was nice that uh Carolina won it 4 one. Uh the the caption score till late in the third. So they had something to cheer about. And the fact that they're playing an outdoor game in, in Carolina, I think that's kind of a novelty factor in itself. I, I dug it. I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. Like they're they're doing things like that and trying to grow the game. Like, and I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. And I, I those things to uh, the gimmick games are uh, it brings eyeballs to it and it brings you back a little bit and go, okay, this is why we're watching. This is this is the fun part of sport. And I think that, that that's required. It's it's the other gimmick games. Like maybe I'm just thinking too much about the the All Star games that happened with the 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 NHL a couple of weeks back and then the NBA All Star game uh, over the weekend. That drivel's gotta go away. Like I think that that actually sets the game back a little bit. We've talked about it uh, probably last year and the year before uh, about all star games, how um, it's for the it's for the uh, the sponsors and the sponsors' families and the like. But I think that those games actually take the game back a little bit. Like oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't televise this because it's it's actual fucking drivel. Those two yeah. games are just drivel.
0: It almost should be. They should almost treat the the NBA All Star Game like a um, like an outdoor winter classic, right in a stadium that people come. Have it a fanfare because that fucking garbage is unwatchable. And I didn't. You know how I know it was unwatchable? Because I didn't watch it. I think like, I I saw what there was on the Twitter machine. And what was the final score? Like a hundred and eighty to one hundred and seventy-two or something. I like don't that? even know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jesus, like, so, like, it's, it's like inbound the ball, throw it past half court, take a three-pointer. I am i don't know, because I didn't watch a, sec, a second of that game, but I'm guessing that's exactly what it was.
1: We talked about it a few weeks, well, you talked about last week when Jim was on this show, how the NBA is a lot different than it was uh, 20, 30 years, when everything is different. But the, the NBA is one sport that I, I personally think... For sure, one hundred percent. It's not better than it than it used to be. Um, now it's a three. To me, it's a three point contest. A lot of times, it's it, It's more of a two minute game than, than it ever was. And I think the NBA is a. Um, it's huge, and it it gets big ratings, obviously in the states and the like. But the ownership
0: is actually down
1: but it's not that good it's a, it's it's a three-point contest night in night out and that's that's one of the sports that I'm, I was talking about that I don't know that all, all the analytics and the nerds and everything else that have overtaken the games and every team does it it's not just the, the championship teams every team has has their their analytics guys I don't think sports are better and like in basketball for one uh, it's 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 definitely not better it's not
0: no, it's, 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 it's unwatchable. It's, it's unwatchable. And I kind of broke it down. What I think about, um, uh, I, I said it to Jim last, last week. And I don't know, we got to have someone else on because I didn't get a lot of pushback from Jim on the different points I made. And that, that kind of disappointed me. Um, how is basketball good? Like I, I don't, I don't get it. Not basketball. How is the NBA good? Because the, the The college game is exciting, and that's because there is, they're not as good. You can't play that game in college because there's going to be teams that are losing all the time. There is actual defense, there is penetrating, there is contact. You don't have prima donnas bawling about fouls all the time. Like you know, we 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 about that 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 flag that was late in the Super Bowl, which was an obvious penalty. It was a tick, it was, like, it was ticky tacking, but the jersey got pulled. We all saw it, and that's an automatic flag, and 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 nobody likes it. Nobody likes that that flag went down. But it, at the end of the day, we all have to admit, yes, he pulled the jersey. But then in an NBA game, we're demanding that you call that foul as the superstar drives the lane in a one-point game. Like why put the why put the game like we all? Uh, Tom O'Connor says you got to take the game out of the refs' hands. In NBA, you put the game in the refs' hands, asking. Demanding that you get that free throw with 0.5 seconds left on the clock.
1: The NFL has has its problems too, Dave. And I get the penalties that happen and the replays, like I I it's just like it the games just seem to drag for some reason. And baseball's the same way, and maybe the rule the rule changes are going to change it a little bit. I don't think it's gonna change the, the pace of play a whole bunch. You're gonna see more runs being scored. So that, that's gonna make the games even longer, in my opinion. But baseball's it. it been in a bit of trouble for the last couple of years as well. It's not better than it used to be because um, of all the strikeouts that happen on on a night. There's there's so there's so little action because of all the strikeouts. And baseball is definitely one game that has to somehow find a way for guys to not strike out as much and get the ball in play. Because without uh, balls in play, nothing not nothing happens. Like strikeouts aren't exciting they're, unless it's like the the ninth inning. But when it's just strikeout after strikeout and nothing happening. Baseball's well, not exciting when it comes
0: to that. Well, see, and this, this once again, now baseball's going the NBA route because, you know, NBA, whatever years ago, they instituted the hack of, hack-a-shack thing, right? An intentional foul, um, the guy now gets two free throws. It's done in the bonus. You know, they they people fouled Shaq O'Neal because he couldn't sink free throws. And if you miss the first one, then away we go. But now you're giving him two. You're rewarding shitty play. Free throws are free points. Take your free points. And if you're not good enough to take your free points, how can you be one of the quote unquote greatest players ever? I, I get it. Like there's Shaq defenders everywhere. And I 100% I get it that he was a dominant force in the game, but that was all physical, God given
1: talent.
0: Right? He was the biggest, most coordinated guy on the goddamn planet. And he was happened to be playing basketball. And, he, and he's funny. And he has a good personality. No, Rock like shotgun. Yeah. But like if you can't sink free throws now in baseball, they're outloading out they're banning the shift. How often do we say like instead of teaching a guy to bunt, you're taking away a smart defensive play? Bunt! But like small ball, why not why not take parts of the game that came that that in a hundred years of the history, any manager back in the day was like they want to do that to you? Bunt. But
1: yeah, I had uh, I had Jake Lindmeyer on the foul tip show last week down. He's down in Texas. He was in Brooks last season, and uh, from Brookhaven University. And we were talking about that same thing that uh, like uh, why why baseball is telling players. And I used to be I used to be a band the shift guy. I was 100. percent But then I got thinking. But why would I tell the defensive defense that if this guy hits the ball there every time? Why can't I put a guy there? Like, why can't I put a person there? Like, what... like so, why hitters? And this is what I'm talking about. Hitters need to get creative and do something different. Slap it the other way. Do whatever's got to happen. Spread spread the game out a little bit. When you get the the, and that's what I'm saying. That the the game needs a reset. and We'll see what happens with the with the, the rule changes once they start on on Saturday. And that that's going to be a shit show. The new rules when these these major leaguers oh, have, to, have to do it the first time. Spring training might be interesting to watch those games this, this the first week and a half because if you're going to have a lot of pissed off cowboys on that field on a on a a minute to minute basis
0: oh i couldn't ima- i can't imagine the fights that are going to happen with this pitch clock and i'm really curious how that's going to happen right like uh so my understanding is the 20 seconds and then if they if they don't deliver the ball in the 20 seconds it's it's a ball. ball
1: but the batter has to be in the box ready to go with and he's not allowed to... left if he yeah, can call time he gets one okay. he, get, he gets to call time one at bat so now you're going to have pitchers so, now, so this is going to make, make things even more fucked up. So now you're going to have pitchers who, who can go because you get 25 or 30 seconds with a runner on base. So yeah. now you're going to have allowed, pitchers. You're
0: allowed to throw twice. You're going to
1: throw over twice, so you might get yeah. more. It, it's going to be interesting. Like I, I think baseball's trying. I, you, you'll see how it goes. I don't think baseball was nearly as, as broken as everybody's making it out to be. The, they had a, a over-coaching problem, but... Um, but baseball got to be too many strikeouts, and I think that that that's part of the, the the biggest problem with baseball is just people striking out way too much. The ball's not in play enough. We'll see what the new rules do. I don't know.
0: Yeah, neither do I. Like so, it it like I said, it's going to be interesting. And and you know, it's not pace of play; it's length of game, right? Like three hours is too fucking long. It is like yeah. it's for game sixty-three. just get up there, uh, throw the ball, take your hacks, let's see what happens. And learn how to bunt if they play the shift.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I. I, I don't get it. Smart people bunt. I, I've I thought that for a long time. And the the way the game like the, the the sports have just kind of dwindled. The hockey's like you, you you laugh about. Like I'm not saying we should be have fighting in hockey because I'm I think that that's a thing of the past for sure. But one of the uh, I can't remember Calgary Cal was playing the Rangers a few weeks back at Madison Square Garden, and it was one of the most entertaining hockey games I've seen in a long time because there was lots of hitting, lots of fighting. It was old time hockey, and I'm not saying guys should be punching each other in the heads. I mean, we know about CTE and the like and what what happened with that but uh it was fun to watch a game that was old school hockey a little bit compared to the 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 Nolan Ryan games the no hitters that you have a lot of a lot of the time now and like you you watch a game that night for the first time was entertaining but the outdoor element added to it right yeah. so like it's it's, it's is, is 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 hockey in a good spot it's in a not a bad spot I think it's in a better spot in the states is in Canada like I think there, there's a lot of franchises in the United States that are that are that are rolling a little bit better than than some teams up here,
0: because I think because you know the fan base is is new, and fiercely loyal, and it's a different thing. It's they're they're having a time, right? You know they're they're they're. I, like I don't for them, it's an, an event them.
1: For, for them for, for Americans. I think it's an event and it's part yeah. of, it, and that's how Americans treat their sports, it's an event before it's the game. Like we like in Canada, especially with hockey, it's
0: you're the there to game. watch the
1: fucking game. It's the game. Yeah. Like my I've been watching this team. My dad was watching this team since whatever, since 1950, whatever, right? So I think for, for the Americans, it's an event, and they get they get a lot more out of it than we do, and they have a they have a better time than the Canadians do, but like we, we live and die by our teams. To to an almost unhealthy thing, whereas Americans, have, it's a they they want their team to win, but it, it's big picture. It's an event.
0: Yeah, and then also to a, like when when you have the diehards, like there's so many up here. It's a relief when you win, and it's gut wrenching when you lose. Yeah. Right. Like so, there's a so a lot of the joy of actual success is robbed from you because it's it's been so goddamn long for these Canadians. It's friends, a sigh.
1: Like okay, good, they won. Yeah. Whew.
0: I was worried about that one. It's more so. It's
1: more so. We didn't lose again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I, like I, I the the both the Alberta teams are having a bit. Edmonton got hot, but now they're finding ways to lose. They're finding ways to lose, and Calgary can't find a way to win to save. Oh, they their, lost
1: again today, man. That's a, that's a disaster. That's a did,
0: team in turmoil.
1: Did, well, we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about more on Thursday because that. Uh, Oh that, agent, that, that Huberto thing with the agent and everything else, yeah. like dude, shut your yap, man. And
0: that's the same agent that did that thing with For Flurry. Flurry he, yeah. yeah,
1: so shut ah, your whatever. yap, dude. Like, just don't because you know what? That doesn't that doesn't come from the agent. That comes from Huberto. That doesn't come from anybody else but Huberto. And Huberto better shut his mouth too. Uh, but he's got, got a agree. but he's got an eight million, an eight and a half or or ten and a half eight year contract on the book starting next year. So he ain't going nowhere. He
0: ain't going nowhere. Him or his agent can say anything they want. Anything right? He I think wants, so. you're not going yeah. to a
1: player. Because an agent's opened his app. So, anyways, yeah. anyways, uh, Dave, uh, talk about our friends at uh, Rex MD.
0: Well, Rex MD, our friends, uh, they're an online pharmacist. Uh, they, um what's good about these guys is that uh, that that it's it's totally. I won't say anonymous. It's totally, there's no embarrassing doctor visits. They evaluate you online. No office visits, and they'll ship the medication directly to your door before needed. RexMD, they're here to help and provide you with real FDA-approved medications at the best price. They made it simple, easy, and cost-effective to help out all the men out there last longer and feel more confident in in the bedroom. RexMD makes getting generic and branded Viagra or Cialis easy. Everything is online, even the prescription, and they deliver it discreetly, directly to your front door. No waiting rooms, no trips to the doctor, no insurance, no co pays. So take advantage of this deal that they're offering to us 90% off the generic drugs and pay as little as $2 per dose with our exclusive link. Go to RexMD.com. Uh, slash belly up for this limited time deal. So act now, take advantage of this deal. Rexmd slash belly up and our exclusive deal will save you 90% off. We pay as low dose, as low as $2 per dose on the G- genetic, genetic ge- generic, <laughs> <laughs> generic Viagra or Cialis. Don't so go to rexmd.com. No pull with a rope. Play Don't with play that good stiff shaft.
1: I haven't heard that for a long time. Don't play pool with a rope. I can't remember the last time I even heard that one. It's funny, though. Anyways, 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer sports talking a whole lot more. Are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420Pod. That's 1420POD and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420pod at seatgeek.com or the SeatGeek app. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, 4 Beer Sports Talk, and a whole lot more. This segment is brought to you by SeatGeek and SeatGeek.com. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app today. Dave, I was uh, listening to Calgary Radio, the radio or a podcast, or whatever it was, uh, earlier today or yesterday, whatever it was, and they brought up the name of Theron Flurry, uh, getting his uh, jerseys number 14 up in the Raptors at the Saddle Dome in Calgary here in Southern Alberta. And I immediately, immediately thought of you because I'm not a flurry guy either. I know how much you dislike flurry. We won't get into it. Well, actually, we'll get into that a little bit, but not. As much as Fleury gets into his side of things, the way he he uh, talks about stuff because he's a, he's a bit of a wackadoodle. But uh, a hockey player aside, you look at what he did for that franchise and and the the numbers he put up for that franchise. He's got to be in. in Calgary Flames history, which hasn't been uh, the greatest per se over the years since they moved to Calgary in 78 or 79, whatever it was. Uh, He's probably one of the top five players they've ever had in their team.
0: I'm not going to disagree with the effort he gave that franchise on the ice. Um, He was... Uh, you know, maybe for a time he was the best. Like when, but when he when they won the cup, he was an integral part, and he was a bit of the engine that made that uh, machine run. But I think the problem with him is he was surrounded by great players, right? So is he more important than Danny McDonald? Is he more important than Poplinski? Is he more important than Newandike? Is he more important than than Mike Vernon? So. You know, why don't you just put the whole fucking team on the uh, up in the up in the rafters? And if you're going to put that guy up there too, so like not disregarding his accomplishments on the ice, I'm saying there's more people, more more players important to the franchise than him.
1: The thing with Fleury is that he he played the year he they really won the cup. He was a rookie there, and he put up uh, twenty goals, wherever it was. And he had a pretty like got, called up from Salt Lake there back in nineteen eighty nine when the Flames did uh, finally pull one in there. Uh, finally getting past those Oilers teams that were just winning year after year, and the Smite Division back then was unbelievable. It was crazy how great. Just a correction: teams were.
0: they never beat the Oilers and won the cup in the same year, so they didn't get past the Oilers. Someone else beat the orders.
1: Someone else beat the orders for them to get there. Yeah, one of those deals. Correct. Okay. I, yeah. I, I I I stand corrected. But yeah, it's uh it's crazy. And you look at years like the those Flames teams, like how they like uh, like you said McKinnis and Poplinski retired shortly thereafter. McDonald retired that year. Uh Mike Vernon stuck around for a couple more years and ended up going to to Detroit and win the Stanley Cup. Uh Fleury, like afterwards, he was probably the only guy. On those teams afterwards, I mean, Newey stuck around until they bring him up in a second. Again, let's talk uh, the, the again let's trade with with Dallas, but you, you got to think that Flurry, uh, he was their best player, and that I mean, King or third world country, I guess. After they won a cup, they didn't do a whole bunch, and haven't done a whole bunch since uh, the Stanley Cup run in 04, or I think it was when they when they they lost. But Flurry was their best player for the better part of ten years. After all the uh, the big boys left,
0: what was he like in the locker room? Did he ever have a letter on his jersey? He certainly did not have a C, aside well, from I the know. flaming yeah. one. Like because that's the other thing. Was he a leader on his team? I think they couldn't wait to get that fucking loudmouth schnook out of the out of the the thing. Just let him talk and whatever, and let us let him tell us. How great his party was last night, and I don't fucking care. Just get out there and and play your game. Because he was talented, he was. There's no doubt about it. And anyone that that tells you different is, is lying. But he never had the team at heart. He never did. He never made any decision in his entire fucking life that didn't in, that didn't start and end with Thurn Flurry, I or me, Even, I or me. Like he didn't fucking care. He thought he cared. The one time he did care was the Olympics, and Gretzky said, "If you fail this drug test during the Olympics and cost this team a gold medal, you're gonna—they'll fucking hang you before. Well, leave you behind, and and they'll kill you when you get back to the country."
1: See, that's the one thing I I kind of have a, a, I mean, I, the, the way he's gone now, we won't talk about that a whole bunch, but back in 2002, when Gretzky's put his neck on the line and said, this guy's going to be on this hockey team, and Gretzky, his, his hockey decisions uh, have been second to none, obviously, he's the greatest hockey player to ever play the game. Uh, get outside of coaching in Phoenix uh, for those, those couple of years. But when Gretzky put his neck on the line, not I got, I had a little bit more, more respect for Flurry on that in that situation. When when Gretzky says he's on this team and here's why, and he played pretty well in that two thousand two uh gold medal um event man, it's hard to believe it's been twenty one years since that happened. Like it's Jeez, crazy. Like where it's all it's yeah. all gone. That's still one of my that, that one's still my favorite. But it's 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 when, when Flurry got that call and made and got put on that team, and that was all Gretzky's doing, that put I was like, maybe this guy isn't that bad.
0: Ah, he is that bad, you know, right? You know, a Catholic priest can go. Uh, I'm going to stop with that analogy. Um, the, I don't know where you're going. I don't want to hear it. No, yeah. No, you know, I shouldn't have. But um, just because a guy's a good guy for two fucking weeks out of his g- career. And that's because he was a little guy in a, in a big, big pond. Like, Lemieux was on that t- Like, everybody. Was on that yeah team.
1: That, that that team of all the teams like even the the, the 2010 team that won in, in in Vancouver that 2002 team that was all the big boys the all Salt of Lake
0: them. City right like Lemieux and Stakic and Meier and
1: Korea, and, Korea and, that, and that was that was again uh, was a, a and, coming out party in and, the and whole
0: then bit. was on that team like and it was it was like it was some big big boys and that the was the heavy of, hitters yeah it was it was huge heavy hitters historic heavy hitters and
1: and hall of fame like a hall of famers right from one end like except, to top to bottom flurry
0: because like he's like that was might have been the, the the first time in his entire life and the only time in his entire life where he actually put team in front of thurn right because he was a i think he was grateful for the opportunity i believe gretzky sat him down and said hey this is what I'm expecting of you. If you don't think he can do it, you can fuck off. And he said, "No, I, I can do it." And he stepped up, and then for that short glimpse of time, you know, um he he put his ego behind the team's ego and the country's ego, he was playing with a flag too. It wasn't just a team. it was a country that he was playing for and he and he and he got and realized the 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 implications of his actions on and off the ice. but that's the only time. That's the only time, and I think it's because he was he was a little bit awestruck himself by who he was sharing the ice with and the fact that he his game, and his game, he delivered, he delivered uh, on the ice with with his performance during those Olympics. There's no doubt about it. But his fact uh, like uh, like what kind of legacy has he left in Calgary? what What kind of leader was he in Calgary? And I think you know, as good as he was on the ice, Like, how did he help the team become more successful? Because the team had no success with him.
1: No, they were they were quite bad actually for a number of years after that cup. I mean, they they first round playoff losses year in year out and everything else. And and the flurry like he he's got he had his stuff about the Graham James thing, the whole bit. We we won't get into that, but flurry has his stuff and 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 everything else. And later on, he hasn't been the uh, an upstanding citizen. And I disagree with one hundred percent. And this isn't a um a, a vax anti vax show. We don't we don't get into that. But I I disagree with not only the their flurry takes the way he delivers his message, but the, the message that he delivers on on a daily basis, man, that guy like he, he complains about not getting in the Hall of Fame. Then shut up, like he, like his numbers are there, they're they're close, like they're really close. But like if if you you know that there is a. Um, there is a uh, you have to be m- m- morally upstanding, a uh, human being, and, and like, it's, and it's not because you believe this and you believe that, but the, there, there is a way you have to carry yourself as as a as a uh, a hall of famer, and you, the way you are an ambassador of the game. And Fleury wants to be in the hall of fame. And he he said it a number of times. He sh- he that he th- he feels he should be in, but the way he delivers his message is just fucking atrocious. And like, it, it's it's crazy that. Uh, that that because these alpha males that that he is to to be a, a professional athlete you, you got to be an alpha male a little bit to, for him to not see that that kind of goes along with what you're saying Dave is that he don't get it and he's all about Theron and he's all about me and he doesn't he just he just doesn't get it and he never will I mean you I mean once you're 55 or whatever years <laughs> old you ain't you, you're not you're not going to change and he's actually gotten worse if 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 anything.
0: Well, because at the end of the day, how do you get into a Hall of Fame? People have to vote for you, whether they be sports writers, whether they be uh, GMS, whether they be a panel, whether it be this. And if you've gone out of your way to piss these people off during your playing career, and keep coming back every two, three fucking uh, three, four months to whack that hornet's nest again and just say you're stupid for not putting me in like kiss a little bit of ass if that's what you want and to that's
1: kind of where i'm glad i'm glad you you, you picked up what i was putting down because that's, that's what i'm getting at too is that you know, sometimes like who, you gotta who, eat who eat, has eat, your uh, back you gotta eat a little crow sometimes and, and say okay well i maybe maybe i'm not right maybe i should just shut my yap to get in the hall of fame because once you're in you're in, they're not gonna take you out like they, OJ's still in the fucking football hall of fame for fuck's sakes, right? And so, like, if if Flurry wants to be in the hall of fame and wants his his name up in the rafters, one, one, okay, first he'll get in the, he won't ever get in the hall of fame because he still has the the drug suspension and the like, what happened with him. But if he wants to get in the flames rafters, what has to happen there is he has to have enough of a, um, the flames organization has to say, okay, if we give you a microphone in front of 20,000 people plus X amount of people on, on television that are going to be watching this ceremony, are you going to start flapping your gums? Because we we, we might not agree. We might we might agree with what you have to say. But that's that's not that's neither here nor there. We don't do this here because nobody does. So until a team, until the Flames can say without a doubt that he's not going to be a fuckhead, they're not putting him up in the rafters.
0: I would love to know what alumni night nights are because, you know, I don't know. I, I got to assume like he, he lives in, and, and calls Calgary his home. Does he as uh playing great, like get, like he gets to come in the back door and, and just in the, in the VIP section and he gets to I hang don't out think he's
1: allowed in, in, in Chicago stadium or the, well, the stadium. Se-
0: well, well, what about Seattle? Though? Like, what about the what about the Saddledome? Is what I'm asking. Like, I, I, he, is, is he, he allowed he, to walk around and, and like do like free of charge? Like, ah, oh, Jesus. I fuck, I, I 30 highly 30 30. doubt it. Like, I would love to know those. Like, what about the Flames alumni? I know the Flames alumni do a lot of good work in Calgary. They have their golf tournaments. They do. A he's lot not involved in that stuff. And like, does does he show up? I like, don't think oh, so. My invite must have got lost in the mail because the. You're more work. We don't want you here because you're a pain in the fucking ass. I remember back in the day, like it was his last year of of, uh, of active playing, and, and the flames threw him a bone. they gave him a, a PTO. Right? Yeah, he scored a goal. Yeah. He scored a shootout and goal scored, or a
1: penalty he shot. He scored goal a goal. It was a nice story, actually.
0: Uh, yeah, it was, it was a happy moment for everybody. And then they released him the next day, and he goes, I don't understand. I, I scored more goals than number 21. He called, I think it was Craig Conroy he called out. You know, and, you know, Craig Conroy now is the assistant general manager of that yeah, team. Con- yeah, and, and don't don't say bad things like,
1: what Craig Conroy. is the nicest guy in, in sports history from what I've been and told. What yeah. the
0: fuck has he ever done to you? And you're telling me that they should cut Craig Conroy, who is 10 years younger than you, and a good guy? Yeah. And you're here, like, now you get cut, and you're like, Jesus Christ, I don't know why they're keeping this piece of shit. Like, fuck, guy give it a shit you know like you know we we did something nice for you and you you had a nice moment and then we everybody in the planet sees the writing on the wall and then we give you the writing on that wall and then you say you guys are all a bunch of assholes so nice yeah, it, it doesn't make
1: team. a whole bunch of sense how you go Don't from, fuck like, yourself and, it, and this slurs. isn't a uh, it's not a right wing left wing conversation it's not a he's right, I'm wrong. Is,
0: it's just like, being a whatever. good person. And
1: that's what I, I talk about with Deanna a lot about these the, the situations that we're in right across the board and been going on for two and a half, three years now with the, since COVID and the whole bit and blah, blah. It, 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 being a, a good person is more important than, than what side, if you think you're right or wrong or indifferent. I think mean, being a good person, and, and Fleury, uh, he wants to get into in rafters and he wants to get in, into the Hall of Fame and everything else, but he just more often than not isn't a good person and i i don't think a team can um no matter what good you do on the ice at the end of the day it's just a sport and you have to you have to be a good person to, to be honored to be honored as as as, as an all-timer and flurry's proven time and time again he's just not that guy
0: i almost hope the flames do raise his number to the rafters just so i can have one more thing to hate that franchise about
1: that's it would be, it, I think it would be, what, it wouldn't be a laugh. It'd be like, oh no. It
0: would be an absolute laugh. Well, I, for I,
1: me, I, 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 I'm not that, like, I don't, like, I don't, well, I shouldn't say I don't laugh at other people's expenses, but like, when it gets to certain things, I get, I get cringeworthy, like, oh, don't. And I, 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 I turn things off when it gets to that point. Like, oh, I can't watch this. I can't, I can't watch this guy go down like in our, flames.
0: We have so many friends that are flames fans. And I, I would imagine to a person. It's like, no, we can't retire that asshole's jersey.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's crazy the way that, that whole thing turned out. Like, it's actually crazy. Like, it's, it's all of his
0: own it, doing. And it's, and like, you ask him, it's everybody else's fault, right? He He has no accountability
1: for. Well, anything. the Graham James thing wasn't his fault, right? But like here, that, that, okay, that's the you, one thing that's not his fault.
0: You don't, you mentioned that. And
1: I do agree with that. I but, 100% but agree with that. But him being a part owner of that team, that was his fault. And hiring Graham James, and hiring Graham James—that's his fault, right?
0: And then, and then not having Sheldon Kennedy's back when he came yeah,
1: forward, 100%. even though
0: I myself had heard the rumors that Thurin Flurry also got abused by Graham James, which is a tragedy and shouldn't yeah. have happened. But Thurin Flurry didn't come forward with those allegations yeah. he had against Graham James until he had a book to sell
1: yeah like the, the the way it's all turned out and the he, you see how the other people who who follow him uh, forget all that stuff right it's it's odd that, that flurry still uh there's 14 flurry jerseys still out there and you're like dude that, that guy's not he's not a good dude
0: He's you don't see dude. very many
1: anymore. And he, enough, and then the yeah, people, but, but yeah, it's it, it's odd. It's odd how a guy, yeah, and like what he went through with with the Graham Jim situation in in Moose Jaw. It's for It's worse than unfortunate. It's just uh, he he hasn't done himself any favors over the years. Zero. Zero. Anyways, the fourteen twenty Sports Bar podcast four sports, talking a whole lot more. Brought to you by Seat Geek. And the SeatGeek app use promo code 1420POD at seatgeek.com today and save yourself twenty bucks on your first purchase. Get bent there and flurry. Yeah. <laughs> 1420 Sports Bar Podcast is happy to have teamed up with Ruckin' Sports just in time for the holiday season. With golf, baseball, softball, cross, and soccer training accessories, Ruckin' Sports has all the home or gym training gear you will ever need. Each product is designed to stand up to the most rigorous practice elements. Use promo code 1420RUCK at checkout and receive 10% off your purchase at Ruckin' Sports. Ruckin' Sports was founded by athletes, for athletes, and all all their products are engineered to the highest standards and come with our fair play guarantee and a lifetime warranty. Go to rocket.com and look for all the gift ideas for the weekend warrior or the serious athlete in your life today. Once again, that's one 4 2 0 for 10% off at checkout. When you purchase a rocket, you come to win. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast for me, were sports talking a whole lot more. Dave, I, I this was two years ago, I think. I come up with things in the showers. So I do my best thinking for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, but I had a trade release sign as one of the things, and then it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense because why would you release or 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 uh, or sign a guy? So we're going to trade, uh, switch things up a little bit, uh, make this kind of a regular segment uh, of start bench cut. And so you're getting rid of a guy, you're starting a guy, and you, you want to get a team, but you might not play a whole bunch. So start, bench, cut. I know I gave you the uh, the info that we do the Oilers, but I think we've done the Oilers a number of times uh, for trade relief sign, or at least once anyways. So start, bench, cut with the Anaheim Ducks. You ready to go?
0: When you are. Does it so, all make sense to well, so start, bench, cut? Well, those? yeah, yeah, it's going to make more sense right away because uh... – I don't know if this is an all timer or whatever, but like I'll trust me, I'll pick up what you're putting down.
1: Okay, I'll start bench cut. Three guys that that are all retired. They're all in the Hall of Fame. All great, great hockey players. Start bench cut: Scott Niedermeyer, Paul Korea, Timo Solani.
0: Ah, uh, you got it. Uh, so. So, Niedermeyer is there. He's, he's starting, for sure. Timo Solani, he'll always be a Winnipeg Jet to me.
1: He was only there for three or four years, eh?
0: In Winnipeg?
1: Yeah, he wasn't there very long. Oh. they, they yeah. left, right? They left in 96 or 97.
0: I, and I saw him play in the Saddledome as a as a Winnipeg Jet. He was... that the... He was a finish flash.
1: That's he could fly. Good. Yeah.
0: Oh, he could move. And apparently, he's
1: and it, uh, he's quite the he's quite the dude. Like he's
0: he, he's good in the locker room.
1: Like he's got it all going down. Like he's he's <laughs> the guy. Like he's he's. And that's mouth.
0: why I'm gonna put him on the bench. I'm gonna cut Korea. Sorry, Paul Korea. Like it wasn't your fault. Kevin Stevens ruined your career. Scott Stevens. Scott, Scott Stevens. Stevens yeah. yeah, ruined your career. Um. So I am gonna. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, Niedermeyer on the ice. I'm gonna cut um Korea and the finish flash can come off the bench.
1: I like I, 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 I agree with you whole wholeheartedly on, on that lineup there, Dave. I again okay, it not that okay, this is gonna sound hear me out. Scott Niedermeyer to me is highly underrated considering how great he was and how easy he made the game look like he, he like he doesn't even get rated in the top four, five, six guys in, in the game. And I think he's a top five guy of all time. He
0: Scott is. Who underrates him?
1: No, but, what I'm getting at is he's not rated high enough in the, in, in, in the hockey world because everybody always goes Gretzky or, um, how, uh, Lemieux, and then who who knows after that?
0: Well like okay, let's let's say but
1: but Niedermeyer, Niedermeyer's not far behind those those four guys, man.
0: Oh no, he's top five D-man of all
1: time. So no, top five. Right? Like he might be he's top eight players of all time, Niedermeyer, to me. Because he made it look so easy.
0: Yeah, and you know, I can't speak to Bobby Orr,
1: but I didn't, didn't see him uh, play, I didn't see how play, obviously.
0: But the best D-man I've ever seen play, I think. Is uh, Scott Niedermeyer, um Lidstrom, Pronger, and maybe was a different kind of good. Yeah, but like, but still like effective and good yep. and and like and dominant in the way they played the game. Uh Niedermeyer dominated the game in a different way that Chris Pronger did, but nonetheless, they were D-men and they were difference makers. They were they were minute eaters and they made a positive impact on their team when they were on the ice. So, yeah, like Nita it's a uh, so I don't good. Because, yeah, and it's just Effortless. fun to watch. Yeah, like Nita Meyer and Lindstrom are like so good to me. But like before Chara and Pronger, because you know I get I get it. We like the big banging demon that can. That can make a difference. This you're way. forgetting
1: about but, your 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 guy from the Oilers days back in the day. You're forgetting about uh, Paul Coffee. Paul
0: Coffee, no, I, I like I get him, but like no, I I think he I think he's behind all those other four that I behind Charlotte? Her... Coffee, he I was so skate. good yeah. and he could skate so fucking good. Um, he was, you you know what? Um he was he was fast, and like the way he skated was like rushing the puck, whereas Niedermeyer could skate backwards as sweet as he could forwards, right? Like he was just a different kind of skater. It was almost like he was figure skating with a so hockey stick. Yeah. yeah, whereas whereas coffee this isn't a this isn't a cut. It was just a different kind. He was always forward. um Niedermeyer, uh. No, I I'm not gonna put coffee in with those four. Uh, nah, like let's give let's give him a four B or something like that. But uh, God, those guys were so good at their jobs, and and, yeah, it's, and like now actually, we're splitting here. They're all four Hall and, of Famers, and, and, and the amount of time that they,
1: they would be on the ice, like I said, Lindstrom as well, and just like they're on the ice all the time, and uh ju- and just how they made things. They, they made a lot of GMs really smart w- with their talent, right? Like, in the, like you, you look at Brian Burke, how he's supposed to be one of these, these great hockey minds cause, just because he went out and got uh, Scott Niedermeyer and, and Chris Pronger to be up playing defense. Well, Jesus Christ, man, no shit. You know, like, it's, yeah. Because because that, that that's Burke's biggest uh, uh, achievement, obviously. Uh, and, I mean, I could have done that. You know, like if I if, if I was given that that opportunity to get those two guys on my team playing defense, that's 35, 40 minutes a game, just those two guys on the ice.
0: Well, that that and then like you know, how do I get you to play here, Scott? Well, sign sign my brother Rob.
1: Sign <laughs> my brother wa- too. Okay. I
0: wanna I wanna win a cut with a brother. Okay. All
1: right, then. done.
0: Done. Yes. There we go. We cool? Yeah, we cool.
1: How much it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just make sure he's on the fucking Just make TV. sure he's
1: here fourth line or three third and line. And, and then
0: now we get a fucking jerk off Brian Burke for 20 fucking years. He's never done anything that he he could be the I most overrated. Can't stand him. Most overrated I, I actually like him for a soundbite. He really cracks me up. He's not a stupid man. But he's the most overrated GM in NFL, in NFL, in NHL history. I saw
1: him in Toronto Airport at Pearson. there. I was coming back from New York, and he, uh, he had his hair slicked back, whatever it was, his stupid tie not done up around his neck. And I, I like, if I had a couple more beers in me, I, I might have walked out. I said, "Why do you even put it on then? Like, why is the tie hanging around your neck? Because that's how you always wear it. Like, what's the point?" Don't.
0: That's a look and i
1: get it and it's he, stupid and it's fucking his hair
0: stupid. right slick back oh
1: it was slick right back like he fucking looked like the honky tonk man it was fucking terrible
0: i like shared just... an elevator with cliff fletcher once
1: <laughs> he seems like a nice guy
0: he was a nice guy like i was in the elevator it was just him and me and and i said you're cliff fletcher aren't you he goes yep yeah. I go, I'm an Arier fan, but you did a hell of a job with the flames and they did you bet did they did you dirty by letting you go. Well thank you. You're welcome. And then we got
1: out. He had a good run in Toronto.
0: Uh, yeah, I, he was with he was with the Leafs at the time. Uh, yeah, I should. It was in Toronto. I shared The elevator because right.
1: he made that deal and then he screwed screwed the Flames over by with the Gilmore trade and everything else. That actually almost brought the first cup to uh, Toronto, which we're still waiting for. And Now that's thir- that's thirty years ago, man.
0: When they lost to Gretzky. In,
1: yeah, that's uh, thirty years ago. That's a while ago. Jesus, that's a while ago. That's when we were both cool.
0: Well, you know, and in a different circle.
1: <laughs> depends who you're asking. Yeah, it depends who we're asking. Like your your son thinks you're cool. My wife thinks I'm cool, but yeah, well, yeah it doesn't really count. Uh,
0: no, I got called out pretty hard by my son today by trying to act young. We shared a we shared a lift today at the ski hill, and a young guy was down there, and he goes, and whatever. He was a it was a good kid, and I was talking to him, and he and some buddies were there from Idaho, and and then. Uh, when we were as a family talking about our day, and like I uh, go, yeah, we talked to this kid from Idaho. Oh, mom, you should have heard him, t- heard him talking to this guy. I go, what? <laughs> what? I was just talking. Oh, no, you called him like bro, and you said this, and you said that, and then KB was like, oh d- dear, you don't do that,
1: I Can't go, say bro.
0: Like yeah, I was trying to be cool. He goes, no, you just sound old when you do that
1: it sounds bad and i I, I catch like I'm, I'm around uh i'm around baseball players all the time and i i don't try it just sometimes something slips out a little bit and like these baseball players from the age of 24 to 18 right and so you say so you try to fit in it's like oh i just don't really fit in now yeah that was dumb i wasn't that was trying to fit in i was just trying which is really, how but it comes up. Like yeah it, it
0: was a good yeah. conversation and i and, and, and i and i took it as advice and I still am a little bit hurt that I, I I thought I was just sounding like an old man, but you know, at the end of the day, I I guess I kind of am. I'm more Red Foreman than Eric Foreman right now.
1: Well, there is that. Uh, yeah, there's no getting her out. Like, yeah, it's funny how quick it catches up to so you. Don't even know, hey, like you 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 think you still got her, and then you just like it, overnight. I don't. I can't remember what it was for me, but just overnight, like, yeah. It's it's over, man. Like that's it. And we, like we still get down once in a while and have a good time and everything else. Like you went out with your curling buddies a few weeks back there, but it's funny how it just it's over. Like it, it, and it's like nothing do yeah. about it. It's just over. Nope.
0: Just it. Just like yeah, like, uh, you know, yeah. Father time.
1: Yeah, always wins.
0: It comes for everybody, like whether you're an athlete or a cool guy. Yeah. Right. It's we all... all can't be. Uh, <laughs> Nick Cage and Matt McConaughey.
1: Listen to, listen to us too. I don't know. Were we ever actually cool, or we just thought we were?
0: Wow, well, legends in our old minds is something.
1: Legends of the Rhodos in Lethbridge, Alberta. <laughs> Who knows? Anyways, the fourteen twenty Sports Bar podcast, four beers, sports talk, and a whole lot more. Take care of each other, for more morning. Take care of yourself, you out. Keep your stick on the ice, and what else, David? No swinging at high pitches, Jim. Have a good night, folks. We'll talk to you on Thursday.